it's not going to be as dramatic as the overhaul the Kansas City Chiefs made to their offensive line last offseason, but expect new general manager Ryan Poles to make some serious changes to the group set to protect Justin Fields this season. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and hopefully every day. On the show today, we hear from Bears general manager Ryan Poles and head coach Matt Eberflus speaking from the NFL Scouting Combine. They gave us a lot to work with, and we'll dive into that in the coming days and perhaps even weeks here on the podcast as different topics come back up. But today, I want to focus in particular on the offensive line. That seemed to be where Ryan Poles was the most revealing about some of the things he would like to do differently with that group, some of the changes that might be coming without getting into too many like specific actual players, more so ideologically, some of the things he's looking for differently from that group than what we saw from them in 2021. So we'll look at why things are going to get a little bit quicker and lighter up front, what that means for the likes of James Daniels, Sam Mustafer, Larry Borum, etc. What could happen with offensive linemen under contract moving to new spots, potentially. And we'll also check in on the role that the scheme and the quarterback will play and some of the ways they're looking to improve the protection beyond just the actual players they have on the field. I want to start with the, the revelation from the general manager about really what he'd like to see from this group. And the question was more so like what his evaluation was of this group last season and how that sort of changes what he's looking for. And, and usually, especially under the previous regime, right, we were used to the GM kind of not even giving you a great answer and saying, you know, we like, we, we want to improve and add competition at all positions and kind of give us some of these cookie cutter corporate buzzwordy type statements. But so far I'm, I'm enjoying some, a little bit more of the candidness from a first year general manager in Ryan Poles who's not afraid to give you some meat just without, you know, not giving away his whole plans, but at least giving you some, a little bit more substance that we can, we can work with here and get a better sense of what the team is looking for on the offensive line. We're going to change it up a little bit just in terms of the style. Um, so a lot of those guys, and the message has been pretty clear, we got to change body types a little bit. we got to get lighter. We've got to get quicker. And um, through that, you know, I, I think there's some young talent that just needs to be pressed, and that's part of, our job is to create competition and bring the best out of them. So I think we'll do that and we'll see how, the, if you know, if the cream rises to the top. And, you know, especially with the O-line play, a lot of times, and I don't want to speak for the coaches, but it's going to end up being the best five to roll out there. Ideally, where does Tevin Jenkins line up for you when you guys get on the field? It's too early right now. You know, when we get back, we'll get organized. I think we put out the, the mini camp, that, the extra mini camp that we get in April. So uh, we got some time to figure that out. But when we do, you know, we'll move those guys around and see where they fit the best. The middle question in there is a little bit hard to hear, but he, he was asked, 
you know, do you know what position you're going to want Tevin Jenkins to play? And, of course, his answer then, we don't know yet, still kind of working that through. But very clear uh, substance and, and direction and dire- derivative there of, like, no, we want this offensive line to be lighter and quicker. We're basically saying, like, we need to make some changes there. And that lighter, like, literally, like, guys are going to maybe need to lose some weight. They were maybe playing a little bit heavier in terms of body weight than they would want last season. And perhaps that's not to say that the players were out of shape, but, you know, the previous regime with Matt Nagy and offensive line coach Juan Castillo, perhaps they wanted them to be a certain weight, a certain strength in order to, you know, execute some of the blocks more, you know, the run blocking downhill power gap scheme things that they tried to mix in a little bit more of, although they still maintained mostly an inside zone based offense. But regardless, for whatever reason, the Bears offense seemed to want the offensive lineman a little bit heavier last season than what Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles and this new regime are looking for from this this current or whatever the future Bears offense is going to look like. And I, I want to I want to reference specifically uh, the new strength and conditioning coach Jim Arthur. He, he's kind of taken in over this role. And uh, on Twitter, Greg Gabriel, the former Bears director of college scouting, pointed out that the sort of the tree of strength and conditioning that Jim Arthur comes from. He, he's a guy that tends to put a specific body fat percentage that they want each player to be at for the season. And like he'll work with each one individually to kind of figure out what they're looking for so they, their body composition can be the right mixture of muscle and fat. Because you do want some some weight in there, of course. I mean, you don't want your offensive lineman to be real thin. I mean, not real thin, but you don't want to be just pure muscle. You want to have some, you know, some fat is part of that body equation. I'm not a, not a, uh, <laughs> not an expert in that in that field whatsoever, but that's always been sort of how that conversation goes. And so, you know, there, there's there's going to be some changes for those guys that they're going to have to adapt to and make sure that they're fitting what the Bears are looking for. It kind of br- brings up the question of, okay, then is James Daniels a part of that conversation as as sort of the big big name free agent of this current group of Bears offensive linemen? And he seems to definitely fit the mold of like mobile, agile offensive linemen. But I do think when you kind of look at where he was listed for his weights, and I think he was up over 330 was where he was listed, and the listed weights are not always very accurate, but listed up over 330, I think, last season. And, you know, coming out of the draft at the Combine, you know, he was more like 300, 304, 305 in that type of range. And so maybe there's some room for Daniels to lose a little weight and get a little bit quicker, but, you know, I, I get the feeling that if that's one of the sort of contingencies here, that if part of the process, you know, is he going to want to then instead, you know what, Let's test the free agent market first and just see what what other teams may be willing to pay him. And I, I think that's ultimately what it's going to come down to more for whether or not James Daniels comes back to the Bears. He fits what the Chicago Bears are, are looking for in terms of, I think, scheme fit and his, his skill set. But will the finances, will the market bear that out for the Bears to be able to bring him back? Or, you know, do they feel like as they look to potentially reshuffle some other players into some other positions all of a sudden does does the need there become lesser or do they feel like it's easier to replace him and maybe end up spending their money somewhere else because we also heard polls talk about some competition there and another thing we'll hear in a little bit here about maybe guys weren't perfectly in the right spots last season we'll talk about what that shakeup could look like among the guys that have already been Chicago Bears next on Locked On Bears. The start of the NFL Combine this week means a bunch of fun Combine prop bets 
over at Bet Online, the number one place we recommend for all of your sports betting needs. Not only do they have they have benchmarks for individual prospects, like how many bench reps Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan is going to put up over under 36 and a half. But then like more generally, the fastest 40 yard dash at this year's combine over under 4.29 seconds. You know, Malik Willis, the quarterback, will his 40 yard dash be over under 4.48 seconds? And I particularly love Rich Eisen's 40 yard dash time over under 6.03 seconds. There are like literally dozens of great NFL draft and NFL combine prop bets available right now at Bet Online. They're your number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. And it's not just the combine and football, there's basketball, soccer, hockey, tennis, boxing, you name it, they've got it. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the top trends and action you need to know. Bet Online is where the game starts. The changes for this Bears offensive line may start with the guys already under contract, the guys that have been here before, but things might just be changing a little bit more for them because you know there was certainly some urgency last year to kind of get at least with the offensive tackle positions having so much injury so many injuries in there and so much change to get Jason Peters in there and then Jason Peters gets hurt and, and Jenkins goes in there and well Jenkins was hurt for a while and Larry Borum was kind of bouncing around a little bit and when Jermaine Fetty was healthy he was in there. there there was a lot of moving around as is and guys weren't necessarily able to get super solidified there and then you add in James Daniels as a pending free agent Sam Mustafer, technically a free agent, but he's an exclusive rights free agent. So realistically, he's not going anywhere, but uh, more so that probably going to change your starting center from last year, at least in some way, shape or form. And so, you know, does that change where Cody Whitehair might be? There's a lot of room for movement on this offensive line. And the GM, Ryan Poles, was asked more generally, like what when he reviewed this Bears offense, what were some of the things he liked? What were some of the highlights that stood out for him from last season that obviously I think were a little bit few and far between? And he kind of volunteered at the end here a little bit of extra info about what he saw from this Bears offensive line in particular. Uh, bright spot was, was Mooney. And then just, you know, as guys have come in to work out, we've had the opportunity just to introduce each other. And, and he stopped in and I was like really blown away by the person. Um, so that was a bright spot, you know, the running back situation's good. Um, you know, the, there's good offense alignment as well. It's just continuing to tweak that and making sure we get everyone that's fit and, and, um, and in the right spots. So that was a pleasant surprise. Making sure you guys got in the right fit and the best spots would indicate to me that he felt and the team felt and the organization feels that some of those guys were not in the best spot last season. And so I think you narrow it down to a, a few candidates he's talking to there. I mean, obviously, versatility is one thing and having the ability to do a lot of things is, is great for having you know multiple players that can do that. But it's more about making sure that, especially in the starting lineup, you're putting the player where they can best succeed, right? We know that the backup Alex Bars has played guard and tackle. And it, it's not about getting him in the best spot per se, because part of his value is being able to play some of those multiple spots. But I think the first one that comes up right away, when you combine what he said, what we heard earlier, right? You want guys to be lighter and, and faster and moving around more easily. To me, that signals off right off the bat that Larry Borum 
is going back inside to guard. I guess not really back inside, but would move inside to guard. That Larry Borum coming out of the draft, there was this question, right? It's like, is he too big and slow to play offensive tackle in the NFL? The Bears kind of said, well, we'll try him out there first. We'll give him that shot and see if he's able to do it. And honestly, he did it pretty impressively for a fifth round rookie, given the obstacles and what he was potentially facing there, right? He, he played at an admirable level, all things considered. And so it's not that they urgently need to take him off of the, the right tackle position, but I can, I could see where if he's going to be a 330 pound lineman, I mean, you could, he did slim down a little bit and got faster when he came to the bears. That was something Matt Nagy said last season, but it would just seem like if they want to be faster you would probably move him more at guard where his lack of speed would be less. You know, if he's a slow tackle, he could be a mediocre speed guard because guards tend to be slower than tackle. So if you have a tackle who's not that fast, he certainly has the strength and, and you know, the sort of short area ability to play inside at guard where many people projected him in the last NFL draft anyway. I don't think they're necessarily, like, locking him into that spot just yet until they see how the rest of the offseason is going to go. Because I think it's the same conversation with Cody Whitehair at the guard or the center spot in terms of like, I don't think right now they're sitting here today saying, yes, Cody Whitehair is for sure a center for us next year or is for sure a guard for us next year. I, I think they're going into this thinking he, he could do both and let's see where the free agent market pans out. You know, if we're able to sign X center, that we really like or draft this center that we really like, then we're fine with Cody Whitehair at guard. But you know what? If the center market dries up and we're just not able to find one and instead could re-sign James Daniels and move Larry Borum to guard and then put Cody Whitehair at center, all of a sudden, right, then you have some flexibility there to, to make sure you're still getting guys where they need to be, but also taking advantage of that flexibility in your off-season plan and not be so locked into, okay, Borum has to be right guard white hair has to be left guard and Tevin Jenkins has to be left tackle because like we heard from polls earlier, they're not really sure yet exactly where Tevin Jenkins is going to sit yet. And so like what, what is the right spot for him? I think he could play either offensive tackle spot and they may or may not have differences in how they want to treat the left tackle spot versus the right tackle spot. We'll kind of see how that goes, but I guess we can't rule out the possibility of, of Jenkins at, at guard Someday, too. I mean, again, probably going to play him at tackle, but this regime didn't draft him, right? This regime didn't pick any of the players currently on the roster, so they don't have the, you know, the, the attachment to be like, oh, well, we have to make sure Tevin Jenkins is a really good left tackle or whatever, you know, the previous regime might have wanted Tevin Jenkins to be. Poles can come in and say, I'm going to try and get the absolute most I can out of all these players, but I'm not beholden to that being a specific spot or a specific way that we're going to do that. We're just going to get the best Tevin Jenkins we can get, wherever that may be. Same is true for Larry Borum. Same is true for Cody Whitehair. Same is true for Sam Mustafer. And I think that's when we talk about that idea that he said earlier of like, we want to, we, there's young players with talent on this roster that we want to push with competition. That's a message to Sam Mustafer that you're not getting this starting center job back handed to you. There will be a there will be someone competing with him at center, if not completely moving Sam Mustafer to the bench. I think there will be someone competing at right tackle with Larry Borum, if not completely kicking Larry Borum to the bench. Or if Devin Jenkins moves over from, from left tackle to right tackle, then there will be a new left tackle. But I'm almost positive at this point they're going to sign slash draft 
a new offensive tackle in that mix. They're going to sign slash draft a center, unless they move Cody Whiter over, then a guard. But they're going to sign slash draft someone there to compete with Sam Mustafer. And then the James Daniels thing is very much still up in the air. It's hard to get a sense of, I, I think he'll probably test the market a little bit and see where the, his price lines up with where the Bears price will be. But that one's a little bit hard for me to be able to pin down just from the outside. So that's where I'm thinking the actual offensive line changes are going to be. But there's also some changes they're looking to do more on the scheme end, the play calling end, and the quarterbacking end to help the offensive line and therefore help the offense as a whole. We'll hear from head coach Matt Eberflus on kind of what he's looking for from a protection standpoint next on Locked on Bears. If you're looking for something great from a protein bar standpoint, our friends at Built Bar are going to be your new best friends because I can't get enough of their product. They are truly the world's best tasting protein bars ever because they don't taste like protein bars. They taste like candy bars. I literally eat one every single day and I have to keep myself from eating a bunch of them because I just run out of them way too fast. The important thing is I, I could I could eat a bunch of them if I wanted to because they're good for you. Every Built Bar is low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. But most importantly, they're soft and chewy. They're covered in 100% real chocolate and they really do taste like candy. It sounds too good to be true, but I've been eating them for like over a year now and I cannot get enough. You got to try them for yourself. Head on over to built.com, enter in our promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So much of the focus for this Bears offensive line will be and needs to be on improving the personnel and the actual players under contract and getting a more robust group of offensive linemen in here and, and figuring out, you know, the free agents that you have and, and perhaps the draft and, and all that. That will be an important part. But the Bears are also recognize that the players can't do it themselves. And there is a coaching aspect of this. And also the running back and the quarterback are also equi- part of the equation as to, you know, how the pass protection is going to hold up and how the running game is going to go. And I think, you know, part we're seeing signals of some of that with the the lighter and more mobile in terms of trying to help out in both of those areas. And we can touch on that in a momentarily, but I think there's something to be said about, you know, in the same ways that you want to support Justin Fields schematically, you also can support the offensive line to then support Justin Fields schematically. And Matt Eberflus in particular, I think has a few specific ways he sees them balancing the offense with, you know, the needs of the offensive line and, and getting the proper protection for their quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm thinking football. Everybody has all the protections. You know, you got center going this way, back going the other way, slide this way. You know, everybody has those protections. I think more importantly, uh, it would be ball out. You know, getting the ball out of your hands fast and making quick decisions, I think, is what's going to be uh, the important thing for us to do offensively. Um, and that when you take shots, you take shots and you max them up and you protect. Uh, you have to do that during the course of a game, but certainly uh, getting the ball, it's going to be critical. So really coming down to not just, I mean, that's not a Justin Fields criticism per se, because there is there's something you said about the play call necessitating the ball needing to be released quickly. But I do think there's also something there about how at times last season, maybe Fields did hold on to the ball a little bit too long and was sometimes you know extending plays to try and make a big play when something wasn't there or sometimes when the protection was not going to be able to hold up and that there's something to be said about 
throwing it away, getting rid of it quicker, or, or maybe taking an earlier read or, you know, or taking that sort of that shot, even if it's not as open as you might want it to be, but putting the ball in a safe place where it might not be perfectly open, but put it where only your receiver can catch it much, much easier said than done. But still so much of whether offensive line pressure goes down as a sack ultimately ends up on what the quarterback is going to do, right? Once the offensive lineman has been beat, it's no longer the offensive lineman's control, whether it's a hurry, a hit, or a sack. What, what the control is there is whether or not the quarterback still has the ball and when they let go of that ball. And there's something to be said about Fields needing to get rid of the ball more quickly. Now, at the same time, Fields is not a three-step drop, quick passing game type quarterback. And that was what so often Matt Nagy was trying to force him to be. And so there's sort of different ways, different styles of getting rid of the ball quickly. Getting rid of the ball quickly does not always mean checkdowns and curls, right? You can have quick, deep shots. You know, those type of fades, typically the quarterback will let go of the ball early when you're just trying to throw it deep and over the top if your receiver can get a free release off the line of scrimmage and, of course, have the speed and explosiveness to go get that ball and not be slow getting to it, right? There's other ways to to get rid of the ball quickly without forcing Justin Fields to be a short underneath passer all the time. And of course, Eberflus talked about there's going to be shots too, and you're going to protect those and, and max protect and do other things in that regard. But it, it, it just, it does go to show that there's more to be done here besides just offensive line. I am curious how the combination will play out with this idea of like a lighter, more mobile offensive line. If that, when you combine that with, Matt Eberflus's sort of team philosophy of, you know, hustle and, and energy and effort and the, the hits principle. I don't remember what all four of the things stand for, but like you know, hustle and, and wanting guys to play harder through the whistle moving forward. I wonder if you, if you combine a lighter, faster offensive line, that's also going to maybe play a little harder and a little bit longer into plays. If Justin Fields then is extending plays with his legs, if you might be able to get more out of, your offensive line later in the plays, right? It felt like a lot of times last season, if the pocket would break down and fields would get outside of it and maybe even reverse field and come back, a lot of times, it, it anecdotally, it felt like the offensive line was kind of just standing there. Like once field is gone, they kind of stand around. They may jog slightly, but like they're not really always seemingly trying all that hard in part because most of the time fields is too fast and gets so far away that the offensive line wouldn't be able to make a difference had they sprinted to get over there. But I would bet that there might have been some plays in there where you never know what happens. If the offensive lineman keeps going to the whistle as Fields extends the play and an offensive lineman comes over and maybe Fields reverses Fields and gets that one block, that one late block, six seconds into the play that gives him just a little bit more time to set his feet and throw a ball downfield. I just wonder if a lighter, more mobile offensive line can help fields just 2% more, 5% more on some of those plays that he does extend because they can follow him a little bit and try and create some kind of extra half a second of time if they can just get a hand on somebody as fields is running around. You can't build your whole offense off of that. You can't count on that to be a consistent source of production for your offense. It can't be your offensive identity. I just wonder if a more mobile offensive line with more hustle can better match a more mobile quarterback with that sort of big game mentality 
that we see Justin Fields do. In addition to also a more mobile offensive line being able to get downfield faster on running plays, or certainly if you know Fields ends up taking off scrambling or throwing certainly screen passes, having offensive linemen that are able to move a little bit better can get more of those blocks free downfield to either spring explosive plays or take that five-yard gain and make it a seven-yard gain and make it a 10-yard gain. And just those hidden extra yards there that you can get by having an offensive line that is hustling through the end of the whistle and maybe can also move just a little bit faster to get there. When you go lighter and more mobile, you're also perhaps sacrificing some in strength and, and you know anchoring. I'm curious if we'll see a drop-off in some or a difference and something noticeable in that way, or if this changes how they evaluate free agent prospects, do you have to meet a certain threshold of speed, draft prospects? Are we looking at only the more mobile offensive linemen? We'll get into all of those different possibilities all throughout the rest of the offseason right here on the Locked on Bears podcast. So I hope you'll keep tuning in, and I hope you'll hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Regardless of platform, we're anywhere you can find your podcasts, plus the Locked on Bears YouTube channel. Really appreciate you making Locked on Bears your first listen today, no matter where you listened or watched in video form. If you're looking for your second listen, Locked on NFL podcast is on top of the NFL Combine now. Locked on NFL Draft folks are down there. A lot of our podcast network folks are in Indianapolis for the NFL Scouting Combine. We will certainly touch base on the Combine kind of throughout this week and get you up to date on all the news you need to know. Polls and Eberflus speaking from the Combine where all those clips came from today. We're on top of all that all offseason long. So I hope you'll keep tuning back in and I hope in exchange the Locked on Bears podcast makes it that much easier for you to bear down.